relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. As a first responder to this, what was done to these people of southern Israel? Well, I don't want to get people scared from the from what I'm saying, but uh, I saw uh, beheaded bodies, I saw body parts. Uh, there is one one of my friends who was in Kfar Aza. He told me that he find in one house um, a husband and wife and two children. They killed the husband first. They took his eyes out. I saw the body by myself. They took the eyes out. And they cut the breast of the woman, and they sh- uh, they cut the leg of the ch- of the girl. That's the family that I saw with my own eyes. That's an eyewitness. That's Moshe Melayev of the one of the Israeli rescue units first responders talking to the uh, courageous Trey Yingst of Fox News about the reality of what Israel is going through. Let's dive deeper. Let's talk to a very special expert on the region, somebody who knows what Israel is facing. Let's cast away all the propaganda, the smokescreen of those who hate Western Judeo-Christian civilization. And let's talk to somebody who has been warning us for many, many years. From the Jewish News Syndicate, she's a senior contributing editor, author of The Israeli Solution and Shackled Warrior, Caroline Glick. Welcome back to America First. Oh, thanks so much for having me back, Sebastian. Caroline, um, I just, you know, as somebody who I've known for several years now, who I've been able to rely upon for for clarity on the Middle East and the plight of Israel, I just want to ask you in front of millions of people, um, what's it like? How, how I, I hate it when the mainstream media do this, but how is Caroline Glick doing given the last three weeks? And especially, what is it like to have been the Cassandra who warned us again and again and again, and now you've been proven a, a correct once more? How, how are you doing, Caroline? Um, you know, I, I am, I'm my good friend, uh, Michal Fleischmann, just lost her son, you know, Fleischmann uh, was a reservist uh, in his tank uh, uh, over, overturned uh, two nights ago. So um, so I, I was comforting her today, and, it, and it's very sad. It's a great loss. He was a history teacher, and he has a baby boy. And um, so, it, you know, I was reflecting on it afterwards that— uh, you know, the a, a incredible sadness and heartbreak uh, that my friend is going through now is what thousands, literally thousands of Israeli families who lost uh, their their loved ones are going through. And um, and so it's it's something that it's the level of of sadness here is. It's just it, it's unprecedented, and then you know there's also fear. Uh, we have our son is uh, uh, also called up in reserve, father of three little children, um, 
and everybody does. I have girlfriends who have six uh, sons and sons-in-law who are either in regular duty or have been called up on emergency orders. So uh, in addition to the sadness, there's a great sense of stress and anxiety over what's happening to our loved ones who are on the front lines, who are fighting in Gaza in many cases already, who are going in and out, who are who who are in harm's way now because uh, we're taking the war that they started with slaughter uh, to the people who slaughtered our people. And uh, they're dug in and they're relentless and they're murderous and they're happy to die for their cause. And uh, we need to win. So we're braced for um, a lot of uh, a lot of hard, hard things ahead of us. So it's a hard it's a hard time, but there's also um, great resolution here. We are resolved as a people that we just have to see this through. So I think, you know, the the resolve is probably what keeps us from falling uh, in in into depression and uh, and just nervous energy because we know that this has to be done, and we know the price we've already paid. And we know that we're going to have to pay a price going forward every day. And that's just the cost of freedom. And whatever it is, we have to pay it. There's no running away from this. There's no escaping it. There's no saying, oh, she's an extremist, as you were saying. You know, people wanted to try to dismiss the warnings that were so clear over the years and just demonize whoever was, was pointing it out. There's none of that uh, right now because there's no getting away. We just saw it, you know, and 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 we're even seeing more of it. You know, I, uh, I I've been pummeled over the past 24 hours by thousands and thousands, literally, of Hamas supporters on my Twitter page because I posted information about one of the horrible atrocities that came to light yesterday, and people are denying it, and it's really like seeing ashes taken out of the crematorium in real time in Auschwitz and insisting that there's no murder going on there and uh, there's no burning of bodies going out there. And that's exactly what we're facing, is that at the same time that they're uh, trying, waging war to annihilate Israel, their supporters in real time are denying that this is happening and projecting their malevolence, their barbarism, onto their victims. And it's really, it's it's an amazing sort of 360 degree barbarism, apologetica for barbarism, cowardice on the part of so many people on the uh, in the West and, um, and resolve, incredible resolve on our part when the price we've already paid has been so enormous and the price that we're going to be paying going forward is daunting. We'll we'll talk about the apologists across the Western civilization for the savages. But uh, if I hear you correctly, and this was actually going to be my next question, Caroline, the the sadness, the the weight of the tragedy, the the resolution it's being translated into. That is across the board in Israel, across every demographic, every socioeconomic, every political leaning. Is that is that resoluteness that is um, homogenous in Israel at the moment? Um, 
You know, pretty much. There are people uh, on the left uh, who were engaged in all of the anti-government insurrection for the previous 10 months who are trying to uh, exploit what's happened in order to push their agenda of ousting Netanyahu from power, Prime Minister Netanyahu. But they're not getting um, the traction that they that they probably anticipated because people in their own camp on the left were the primary victims on it from the kibbutzim, uh, the slaughter that took place in southern Israel um, on October seventh. So uh, they're trying to sort of direct people's anger uh, towards uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, to, but it's it's not. They're not getting traction on it, and they are being. They were marginalized before, and and I think that they're becoming increasingly marginalized uh, with each passing day. And and they really are a small faction. Uh, in Israel and and beyond them, uh, yeah, the, the the resolve is shared across the board. We're talking to Caroline Glick, senior contributing editor for the Jewish News Syndicate. You can follow her. I strongly recommend you follow her on Twitter at Caroline Glick, exactly like it sounds, G-L-I-C-K. Also, carolineglick.com is the website, and her publication is jns.org. That's jns.org. You may have heard on my Newsmax show on Sunday, thanks to you here, to the listeners, the viewers of this show, my Newsmax show, you've raised over a quarter of a million dollars for the Benai Zion Hospital in Israel that is literally saving the lives of uh, suffering Israeli families right now. If you wish to donate more, if you haven't yet and you wish to help those who are suffering as a result of the barbaric attacks of Hamas, please go right now to healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. Already you have saved hundreds of lives. They are buying life-saving machinery, medical equipment uh, for the the, uh, the Benai Zion Medical Center, please go to healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. If you enjoy our long-form, deep-dive discussions with true experts, true newsmakers like Caroline, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Never miss an episode, whichever podcast platform you prefer. Go today, put in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave us a five-star review, and do please share the links with your friends. Uh, if you've had it with political persecution of the leader of of the opposition in America. Stand with President Trump like we do here. We've put his booking photograph, I hate the phrase mugshot, on a yard sign, on a t-shirt, on a mug, so you can tell the world who you support with a very simple phrase. It just says Trump 2024. Get yours right now at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And more important than that, please support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? 
the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency, gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653, MidasGoldGroup.com. First, there's one condition, one condition for anything that could happen and the good things that could happen once this war is over. And that condition is that Hamas must be destroyed. Carthage must be destroyed. Cartago de Lenda Est being updated for the savages of the conflict in the Middle East, Hamas, and all of their supporters. That is, of course, the Prime Minister of Israel, Bibi Netanyahu himself, a decorated uh, combatant commander. Um, Can it be done? Will it be done? Let's talk to the woman in the arena who has been warning us so long of what the truth of that region is. Caroline Glick... um, This is already we have the reports from yesterday, from Tuesday of the mounting IDF casualties. When you look at the the culture of what Hamas does, uh, I can't remember who said it first on my show. The the IDF goes to war to protect civilians. Uh, Hamas uses the civilians to protect themselves as they go to war. Can, Can Hamas be rooted out from the culture of fundamentalism and the culture of violence and the culture of anti-Semitism that really defines Gaza today? And not just Gaza. I would, I would, uh, it's very clear that it's the case as well in, in uh, Judea and Samaria in yeah. areas that are under the control of the uh, U.S.-supported uh, US Palestinian Authority. And this is endemic throughout Palestinian society, by the way, as it is in Jordan and as it is in, in Egypt and Syria and Lebanon and, and beyond. So um, I, I think that uh, one of the take-home lessons from the American wars in Iraq and in Afghanistan is that you don't win hearts and minds by winning hearts and minds, by trying. What And, and I don't know how how possible it is no matter what you do. Uh, the purpose of this war isn't to uh, move anybody's hearts and mind in, in Gaza. It's to deny them the ability to harm Jews, period, even with rocks. Um, it's to deny them completely the ability to ever harm us again. That That's the point. And so what they believe when they can't harm us is their own business, um, I guess. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be possible for Israel to coexist uh, with a population that has the means to carry out a, an effort to annihilate the Jewish people. And so that population, whatever it believes today, whatever it will believe uh, next year or 10 years from now, has to be permanently denied the ability to harm us. And that's the goal of this war. It's not uh, to get them to read uh, the Bible, and it's not to get them to read um, you know, the Federalist Papers. We, do, we don't care what they read. I, at least I don't. Uh, that's not the purpose of this war. The purpose of this war is to protect the Jewish people and the Jewish state uh, from annihilation at the hands of people who, who due to their belief in jihad, uh, think that it is a religious um, duty to behead babies and to burn them alive in ovens. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, to that end, I have to ask, you know, the question that nobody wants to ask. It's the impolitic question. But, you know, you've literally written the book, The Israeli Solution. People are still harping on about a two-state solution. When, um, when we got to work in the Trump administration, we were told by everyone in the bureaucracy, everybody in the think tank community, you can't have peace in the Middle East. You can't have the Abraham Accords without the Palestinians, without the PLO, without the Palestinian Authority, without Qatar. And we said... Why? And we ignored them and we got to work. And that's how Ambassador Friedman, Jared Kushner, Jason Greenblatt did what they did. So here's, you know, as somebody who spent almost 30 years in the counterterrorism field, where where the mobilization of the foot soldiers who are the terrorists is is the key thing for these, these groups. Can Israel ever be safe, Caroline, if there is a population in the Gaza if there's a population on the West Bank, uh, the majority of which desires the destruction of Israel, can that be allowed to exist? The, the, the purpose of, of Israel is to protect the Jews from people who want to kill us, uh, among other things, aside from rebuilding our, our homeland and, and being free, a free nation in our land. Um, and enjoying the, the the blessings of that freedom and rebuilding our history and writing our history where we're supposed to be, which is the land of Israel. Um, and uh, the we're not here to convince people not to hate the Jews. That has been something that has been part of the human experience from the outset. And um, so the point here is to block them, is to prevent them from being able to harm the Jews. And obviously Israel failed in that, in that uh, uh, foundational uh, writ uh, duty as the Jewish state on October 7th. And uh, our job uh, is to ensure that uh, we never uh, fall asleep at the watch again, and that's never allowed to happen again. So insofar as the Palestinian state is concerned, if they want to have one so badly, they can have it in Jordan or in Libya or wherever else might be available to them, but they can't have it in the land of Israel. Yeah. Does that, um, what does that look like 10, 20 years from now? What is Gaza? What is Samaria and Judea? What, what does that look like realistically? Well, you know, in my book, The Israeli Solution, I have to admit that I was overly idealistic. I thought um, that the integrationist uh, pulse that we saw among Israeli Arabs and to a degree among Palestinian Arabs as well after the Arab Spring caused them to sort of uh, uh, recoil from Arab nationalism and from 
uh, Islamic uh, Islamic jihadism and embrace their Israeli identity and their ties to Israel, I thought that there was a possibility that they would simply integrate into the Jewish uh, state and be loyal citizens of Israel. Um, my my faith in that thesis has diminished, but a key aspect of uh, of of my thesis remains correct, which is that for there to be security for Israel and and for the uh, the Jews of Israel and the Arabs of the land of Israel, um, Israel has to be the sole uh, military organization west of the Jordan River. And so, if we're looking at Palestinian uh, autonomy. Uh, in Judea and Samaria or in Gaza, or we're looking at any other kind of arrangement for governance, uh, I think the underlying uh, axiom has to be that um, these entities will uh, be autonomous in terms of governance, but not in terms of security, that the only force that can be in charge of security is the Israeli military, uh, and our other security apparatuses. We cannot have hostile military organizations, terrorist organizations, uh, fully armed um, in our midst. She's the host of the Caroline Glick Show. She is a senior contributing editor for the Jewish News Syndicate. Please follow her at Caroline Glick on Twitter. Don't forget, if you want updates from us here at America First, to follow us on all the usual social media channels. We are everywhere. That matters. Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Get a Telegram. You can watch us on the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget my Substack and new articles every week. Just go to SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, Sebastian gorka.substack.com on this my pillows 20 year anniversary with over 80 million my pillows sold mike lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their my pillows you will receive a queen size my pillow for just 1998 regular price 6998 and just 10 dollars more for a king size you will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more this is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on go to mypillow.com click on the radio podcast square and use promo code gorka to receive this amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for 1998 or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. If you enjoy what we do for you here every single day on America First, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots, friends of President Trump like Mike Lindell. He's celebrating this month 20 years of my pillow. How did that happen? The pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Over 81 million sold. Yes, they are that good. But did you know he's got more than 200 other items on his website made here in America by Americans for you? My dogs, Killian and Leia, love their my pillow pet beds. I Love my sheepskin lined slippers, but there's so much more pajamas, mattress toppers, travel pillows, uh, you name it. Call today, use my name for up to 66% off. That's 800 829 8468, or just go to mypillow.com. That number again, buy American. Forget that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Talk to a human being, call 800 829 8468, or just go to mypillow.com. But for those maximal discounts, you've got to use the secret code G O R K A. Caroline, can you um, let's just spend a few minutes on this uh, 
this absurdity, this Python-esque absurdity, this comedy about Israel being the invaders, the usurpers, the occupiers, and Palestine as this historic entity. What is the truth about the word Palestine, Caroline? So um, Palestine is a Roman invention, actually, and it comes from the Philistines, who people who, who know the the Bible know were great foes of Israel. Um, and the Philistines uh, disappeared about um, the 8th century before the Common Era. Um, and um, when Rome, when the Romans sacked Jerusalem in uh, 70 of the Common Era, and uh, then later uh, were, uh, were able to finally uh, successfully uh, uh, defeat the uh, Bar Kokhba rebellion that took place between 132 and 135, um, they decided that they wanted to wipe the Jews off the face of the planet and also wipe out the historical record. So among many things that the Romans did to achieve this aim was they expelled all the Jews from Jerusalem and they renamed the capital city of Jerusalem Aeolina Capitolina. And the this, other and thing this is all just to insult they, the Jewish people. Not just to insult them, to wipe them off of the historical record, something that we see the, the Palestinians doing on a wholesale basis with the destruction of artifacts and the appropriation of Jewish history uh, in the biblical period to themselves and in the post-biblical period, which is all predating Islam, by the way. And the other thing that the Romans did, aside from renaming Jerusalem, is they renamed Judea. Uh, and they called it Palestine. That was based on the uh, Latin uh, pronunciation of the Philistines. And so they renamed the land of Israel to wipe out the Jewish history of the land of Israel as they sought to wipe out the Jewish people. They conducted a Holocaust. They killed over a million Jews, not only inside of the land of Israel, but all around uh, North Africa and, uh, and Arabia. And um, they renamed the land of Israel, Palestine, after a, a people that had ceased to exist 700 years earlier uh, as part of their effort to rewrite the historical record of the land of Israel and to, and to erase the Jewish people from that record. So this was actually done by the Romans. And then the reason that the mandate for the land of Israel was referred to as the Palestine mandate, when, when after the British uh, conquered the area from the Ottoman Empire that fell apart during World War I, and the League of Nations gave the British the, a mandate to govern it in order to establish a Jewish state, on this land in 1920, they referred to it as the Palestine Mandate, not because anybody had referred to the area as the Pal as Palestine at any time, but because it was just the 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 sort of official name, the formal name of this geographical landmass that had been a backwater of the Ottoman Empire uh, for 400 years. So that was that was it, and that was why they did it, and and so from this sort of uh, bureaucratic move by uh, the League of Nations in 1920, and this act of historical uh, erasure and revisionism by the Roman Empire in the second century, um, you have an entire myth of a people, a Palestinian people, that never existed before was created. 
And so, you know, we have a situation where we're fighting an enemy that uh, is seizing our, our history for themselves, is appropriating our history for themselves. And at the same time, they're engaged in the wholesale destruction of the physical history of the Jewish people in this land. And the most outstanding example, of course, is the is the massive destruction carried out by Islamic officials on the Temple Mount uh, to destroy uh, artifacts of the first and second temples in Jerusalem, which is where the, the Muslims built a mosque called Al-Aqsa, uh, after I think it, it in uh, in um, the tenth or the eleventh century, so they they are working studiously throughout Judea and Samaria, in Gaza and uh, in Jerusalem, to both appropriate Jewish history and to erase the historical remains of Jewish civilization uh, in in the land of Israel. So when somebody uses the word in front of you, dear friends, when somebody says Palestine, oh, you mean the name for uh, the land of the Jews that was meant to be an insult invented by the Romans. You will impress them and you will also be telling the truth. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First One on One coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor. It's real. It works. You know, there's nothing worse than hearing about people who are living in pain. That's why I want to tell you a positive story. This is Keith from Washington. After years of activity from college football to running a martial arts studio, at 51 years old, Keith's body felt like it was simply wearing out. So he gave Relief Factor a try, and Keith says today, quote, he has little or no pain in my knees and highly reduced neck pain. Feeling so much better, he pursued a second-degree black belt. Uh, if that should be you, there's only one way to find out. Order the three-week quick soda pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Keith, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. If you only have the pain to lose, you know what to do. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433 or go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. That's not Gaza, it's not the West Bank, it's not the streets of Iran or Kabul. That's right outside Sydney Opera House in Australia. I've been there. They're shouting, gas the Jews. It's not just Australia. Jewish students here in America fearful for their lives at college, in high school, because of what? Those who are not just ripping down the posters of the kidnapped children, but threatening their lives as well. How did we get here? Caroline Glick, we are a few days away from the anniversary 1938 of Kristallnacht that is really the embodiment of the beginning of the Holocaust of the Jews in Israel. In, I, I, in Germany. Sorry, in, in, in Germany, sorry. 
how how is it that we we, we seem to be back there? And, and it's even worse now. This isn't the the beer halls of of Munich. This is from Sydney to New York to London Bridge across the globe. Did did we do something wrong? How is it that we seem to be back where we were in 1938, and now it is a global phenomenon? Well, I, I think the problem has been that, um, you know, we, first of all, yes, we're facing something very, very similar to the 1930s, and it isn't only in Germany and, and other countries in Europe. It's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon throughout the Western world and, and, in, and in China as well, you're seeing uh, anti-Semitism in a pretty profound way um, and beyond. And so, yes, we're seeing a phenomenon of annihilationist anti-Semitism, Jew hatred uh, coming forward and threatening Jews physically and threatening their civil rights and their human rights throughout the world um, because the Hamas really released the demons worldwide and empowered all of these jihadists and uh, and radical leftists who also seek the annihilation of the Jewish people um, to come forward and really uh, make their voices heard and uh, and let us see just who they are because they feel emboldened. And they, this has been growing inside of Western societies in particular um, since the 1990s, really, um, at the end of the Cold War. And really, actually, if you want to know the truth, it goes back further than that. It goes back to the Soviet Union in the 1950s and the international left, the new left in the 1960s, and it's just been building and building and building. And the reason it's been building in many ways is because I don't think that the West, led by Germany, ever really reckoned with what happened in the Holocaust. They, instead of reckoning with the fact that the Germans and their collaborators throughout Europe had embraced evil in their decision to eradicate the Jewish people and 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 eschew evil going forward and embrace good, what they did was they made excuses and they tried to um, explain away what they did by saying that it was because of a, of a tactic that they used. They were militaristic, and so they became pacifist. And so by doing that and embracing this concept of moral relativism, which says that there aren't, there's no truth or falsehood in the world, there's only competing narratives, um, they were able to shirk their moral reckoning with what had happened to the Jews, and then engender a new form of anti-Semitism, which, which a lot of help from Soviet Union, they repackaged as, as anti-Zionism. So they moved from hating the individual Jew or Jewish communities to hating the collective Jew, the Jewish state, which, lo and behold, was militaristic because yeah. we were in a state of constant war with our, with our Arab neighbors who wanted to wipe us off the map. So it was a way of transposing one form of Jew hatred, annihilationist Jew hatred, with support for another type. And then you had these people growing up inside of the West. They also support al-Qaeda, of course, and many of the same people who are funding Hamas in the West funded al-Qaeda and Daesh and all the rest of them. And now um, they're, they're emboldened, and they're coming after the Jews everywhere, and they're coming after anybody who stands with the Jews everywhere. So this is really a fight, as Prime Minister Netanyahu said in his speech in English yesterday, Israel, this is our fight. We're yeah. fighting it. We have to fight it. We have to win it in order to survive. But if we lose, the entire free world is in jeopardy. And if we win, the world will be 
much safer for all the free men and women uh, in the world. And so everybody who loves freedom, who believes in it, really has to stand with Israel at this time. To that to that end, I, I wrote a piece um, uh, for the AMAC organization here in the United States, and the message of the piece is we are all Jews. If you understand who these people want to kill, they want to kill the Jews first, then the Christians. This is one civilization. It is a Judeo-Christian civilization. This isn't something happening 8,000 miles away. This is something that affects all decent societies and all decent people. Uh, that's at amac.us slash gorka, amac, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash G-O-R-K-A slash Gorka. Caroline, um, what is the main driver? You said this starts in the 90s. It's predated in the Soviet Union, but it starts really to, to hit speed in the 1990s. What is the main driver of this? Is this funding out of Qatar? Is it uh, anti-Semitism in the mainstream media? Who, who do you see as the, the, the fuel, the engine of this globalized anti-Semitism? And, and the internet. I mean, there are a lot of things. Al Jazeera was founded in yes. 1996 by yes. Qatar, and it became a vehicle for globalizing jihad uh, and radicalizing Muslims in the West and in the Middle East to jihadist ideology. So that was another thing. And the other thing is that Hamas was founded in 1988, and simultaneous with its founding in the Gaza Strip, um, it it developed, it built up fundraising uh, organizations in the West, in Britain and in the United States, uh, most prominently. And so you've had a lot of organizations, you know, after 9-11, a lot of attention was paid to the Holy Land Foundation for Palestine as a major funding arm of al-Qaeda, which it was. But the Holy Land uh, Foundation and Trust was founded uh, first as a Hamas front organization, and it also expanded into al-Qaeda afterwards, so that um, all of these groups that were involved and that were exposed as funding al-Qaeda in uh, the 2000s um, after 9-11 were also Hamas front organizations, fundraising organizations, and they were disseminating the message of jihad, uh, first to Israel and then to the United States more generally, um, beginning you know, in 1988, 1990, which is why Samuel Arian who became the uh, head of the Islamic Jihad terrorist organization, was a professor at Florida Atlantic University. And it's why Musa Abu Marzouk, uh, who's number two in Hamas, is also an American citizen who was living in Chicago, I believe, before he was deported uh, and came out of the closet as one of the heads of Hamas. But he was one of the heads of Hamas in Chicago before he was one of the heads of Hamas uh, in Gaza. So so we're looking at a, a network that's that's global, that was founded almost simultaneously in the West and in uh, Gaza. And um, so they've been operating on radicalizing Muslims in the West uh, and in uh, uh, waging war against Israel uh, in the Middle East uh, since really uh, 1988. And, and that's something that, you know, um, that was exposed at the time and immediately forgotten. Uh, I mean, exposed uh, after 9-11, and right. then everybody sort of went to sleep again. And it, it repackaged re, re itself as the BDS uh, campaigns, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanctions campaign against Israel uh, that we've seen on college campuses and really throughout the United States. And then it bonded with the radical left through what they refer to as intersectionalism. Right. That... Uh, 
all oppressors are one and all victims are one. And so the Palestinians and the Islamists latched on to that. And you saw in the Women's March against Trump, there are Islamists in very prominent positions through Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam, Black Lives Matter. It became a, a position, the eradication of Israel and the, the, the and violent hatred of Jews was adopted by most or all of the component parts of this radical alliance, the Red-Green Alliance in the United States, uh, beginning in the 1990s, but then very clearly moving forward uh, over the past decade or so. She is the author of Shackled Warrior and the Israeli Solution. We're talking to Caroline Glick, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. If you tried to relieve yourself of your daily pain and has failed in all your attempted solutions, try the product that is relieving a million Americans from their daily pain, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Debron from Massachusetts, Listen to Deborah's story. I just started taking Relief Factor four days ago. My hip pain is gone. I had a horrible time sleeping because of the pain. I absolutely love how I am feeling. Thank you, Relief Factor. Just that phrase, my hip pain is gone, whether it's your hip, back, shoulder, knees. If you've tried everything else and failed, you know what to do. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Debron, and more than a million of your fellow Americans. Ask yourself a very simple question. What do you have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, you know what to do. Write the number down, 1-800-473-5433, or just go right now to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. We've only got a couple of uh, minutes left, Caroline. Um, Let me get you to react to a story I experienced when I took 350 of my listeners to Israel last December, and we were going around the excavations in Jerusalem of King David's city, which is absolutely stunning. Uh, They basically found the city underneath apartment blocks in, in Jerusalem. And our guide, very, very slick individual, very smart guy, perfect English, As we're walking around, he stops at a modern-day kindergarten. And I think to emphasize the point, and he says, what is wrong with your your nation today? You're you're raising children to hate your civilization. And when Israel tries to relate to you, we think you're a schizophrenic because we had four years of incredible relations with President Trump. And then you go to the polar opposite under Biden, and it's as as if you hate us. You move the embassy, you recognize Jerusalem, and and now the new guy's giving $6 billion to Iran. Um, How does Israel look at America today? And and would it be nice to have my former boss back in the White House from from Israel's perspective? Uh, yeah, I think that your guide was was very adept at explaining how we feel about the United States, and I don't think that it would surprise many Americans who see the split in opinion. One of the things that I and and President Trump truly was a a, a path a pathbreaker, and I'm sure that uh, if he had had a, a second term, uh, um, you know, if 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 he had uh, been re inaugurated on. Uh, January uh, 1st, 2021, uh, the world would have looked a lot different uh, today and in a better way. Um, but uh, 
I think, you know, one of the things that we're seeing um, happen in the United States is that a parallel to the un unmasking of these uh, jihadist and jihadist-aligned forces in the Democratic camp, you're also seeing a an awakening of Democrats who are more moderate, who thought that they could coexist with these anti-American, anti-Semitic forces in their party. And they're discovering that they made a really, really bad judgment that uh, they can't. And you see a split inside of the Democratic Party, where you have about 25 percent of Democrats who support Hamas and are out-and-out -out anti semites They're also the activist base, unfortunately, of, of much of the party. Um, and you see them, you know, in, in the squad, et cetera, on, on Capitol Hill. But you see a good 75 percent of Democratic voters who are joining with Republicans saying, you know, this is according to Doug Sean's article last week in The Hill, which I— I, uh, I discussed in my article last Friday in, in, uh, in at JNS that you can also get on my website, uh, carolynglick.com, that uh, you're seeing this uh, split in the Democratic Party where about 75% of the Democrats are going with 80-plus uh, percent of Republicans and saying that not only do they expect the United States to stand with Israel, but amazingly, they're, they're extraordinarily passionate about it when asked they believe that standing with Israel is more important than any other pressing national uh, foreign policy issue on the agenda. And that's 75 percent of Democrats and I think 82 or 83 percent of Republicans feel the same way. And then you have the 25 percent of the Democrats who are siding with Hamas. And I don't know what that means, because I don't think that a Democrat can win the White House without appeasing that 25 percent. He needs all of the Democrats to vote for him. Uh, in order to win. So I don't know what that means politically for, for Democrats uh, run, running for con Congress or running for the presidency and what have you, but it does tell you something uh, positive and encouraging about the state of the American people. Yeah. And um, yeah. so for Israelis who have been looking at America saying, what on God's green earth has happened to these people? Um, you know, what is a schizophrenia? It is a source of reassurance to know that while there is a significant minority that is empowered in the United States that truly hates us, but also hates the United States, they are a small minority of the American people. Well, we shall see. We have elections in 53 weeks' time in America. And I know one thing, when we were in the White House there was peace, peace in America and peace in the world. In the meantime, Caroline Glick, we will keep you, your son, and all of our Israeli brethren in our prayers. God bless you, and may you be victorious. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to America First one-on-one. -on -one. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. 
but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream to Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Greetings, friends. Welcome to America First. Have you voted? There are certain states, certain parts of the republic that are having an election. I live in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and I voted yesterday. And I did so. It was the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I think I've ever done. I got to vote in a polling station where my wife was one of the chief election officials. It was quite, quite an experience. Not only is she working hard to get patriots to vote early, to mobilize others to vote in Virginia, every seat in Richmond is up. Every seat. It is a crucial, crucial election because the good guys have a very tight majority in the House and the bad guys have a very tight majority in the Senate. So if you live in Virginia or anywhere else that has an election right now and early voting open, let me please encourage you, a personal request, get out there and vote now. Don't wait till Election Day. I know as conservatives, I know as patriots, we love to, you know, go on Election Day, but what if something happens, something unforeseen? And you can't vote. Don't risk it. Governor Yunkin has said, go out and vote early. President Trump, he's called banking the vote, has said we need to get out there early. So please go and do so. Um, I went to Mass this morning because it is All Saints. Tomorrow will be All Souls. Yesterday was, of course, Halloween. Halloween has kind of, kind of taken over this time of year. And of course, it's fun if you're a little kid and, you know, getting all the candy and the fun costumes. But can I get you to just philosophize, just stop and think for a moment about the real meaning of this time of year as we move into winter. Today, we celebrate the saints in heaven who look down on us. And tomorrow we will remember all those who have passed, your loved ones, your friends. What's it all about? What's the measure of life? My good friend, Constantin Kissin, of the Trigonometry Podcast, along with Francis Foster, gave a speech recently at something called ARC. I think it's associated with Jordan Peterson. I think it's a new initiative, something like the Alliance for Responsible Citizens. And it's a short speech. It's about seven minutes long. But the last 20 seconds, sorry, the last 22 seconds, can help us gain proper perspective and understand what this time of the year 
is all about. From the Trigonometry Podcast from the UK, Constantin Kissin, Cut 12. We are in the fight of our lives. And if courage means anything, it means doing the right thing and being willing to take the punishment if you have to. Let me say it again. All death is certain. We do not get to choose whether we live or die. We only get to choose whether we live before we die. Thank you very much. I haven't asked Constantine if he borrowed that from somebody else, but that last sentence about the only question is whether we choose to live before we die. That is one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. And (laughs) I've heard a lot of very clever things, deep things. As I may have told you, the first thing I studied in college was philosophy and theology. So from Plato to Kierkegaard, (laughs) it was rather painful mentally, but um, I read the ancients, I read the moderns, Descartes, you name it. Um, That's perhaps one of the most important things I've ever heard. You will die. Tomorrow we will remember those who have, often those who left us too early. My parents died 20 years ago this year, within three months of each other. My mother was 64 years old. I loved her dearly. My father, the greatest man I ever knew, was 73. He died first and my mother three months later. Their death was certain. My death is certain. So is yours question is, what are you going to do in the time allotted to you? However much it is, however long or however truncated it is, and what is the measure of the worth of what you do? When you die, will you be remembered for what you owned, for how much money you had earned? Will you be remembered for how many followers you have on social media? That moron, Charles Darwin, yes, he is a moron, told us that we procreate everyone, all, all animal kind procreates to make sure that our genes are propagated, that our gene code is spread further. That's garbage. That's so wrong. It couldn't be more wrong if he tried. I'm not interested in my genes being propagated. I do love it that my son is taller than me, stronger than me, faster than me, smarter than me. The physical aspects are very impressive. But the only thing that really matters is what values you leave behind, and you are measured by the values you demonstrate in your own life to others, and in the values that you manage to communicate successfully to your children. Darwin didn't have anything to say about that, because he was an imbecile. What are the values that you stand for? And more importantly, do you really stand for them?
Write them down on a piece of paper. The things that you believe in. And then read that piece of paper back to yourself and ask the question, do other people see those values in me? Because really that's all that matters. And do my children share those values? Do they behave in ways that comport with what I say I stand for? Because that's the only thing that matters. Not propagating your genes, but whether you did something meaningful and served others. Just as in the ultimate act of serving others, our Lord and Savior not only took all our sins upon himself when he was without sin, but actually gave his life for us, nailed to a piece of wood, executed by the Romans. That's the real question. Have you served something greater than yourself? And do you really represent the values you say you hold? Let's consider those questions on today, All Saints Day, and tomorrow as we remember our dead on All Souls Day. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We've only just begun. Please stay with us. We have a cracking show for you, three hours. Make sure you never miss the third hour, the deep dive, the long-form interview with the best of the best. Today we will be talking to Israel, ground truth on what's happening. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you stand for the truth against political persecution, please stand with the 45th President of the United States and put this yard sign in your front garden. Trump 2024, his booking photograph from Atlanta. It's on a t-shirt, it's on a mug. Go to sebgorkastore.com. We'll be back after these messages. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 